Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have Sujay Sitaraman, Chief of Staff at Pipe Candy. Sujay, it's good to have you here. How are you? I'm good Harshmita. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you uh, Sujay. So Sujay, just to set some context about you and what you do, can you tell tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your career journey from the start? Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Um so I'm from Chennai. I, I was born here, raised here and uh, pretty much lived here for the most part of my life, right? Except for about uh, 3 years collectively when I lived abroad at different points in time. I did my high schooling in Doha. My parents were there at the time, so I moved there. Uh came back to Chennai to do my undergrad. I majored in engineering and knew that along the way that that's not the path that I would be continuing in. And so once I finished engineering, I sort of deliberated between, you know, taking up a job and studying further. So and I decided that I'd study further. So I went abroad again this time for a year uh and did a postgrad program in management and came back to chennai sometime in uh, july july august of 26 uh, 2016 yeah i think yeah around july 2016 right and by the time uh, friends of mine they'd already been into their respective jobs for about a year right so i got to talking to understand the job scene some of them were into startups some of them were into fairly well known companies and one of them said that there was a new startup on the block and then i should check them out and that happened to be pipe candy <laughs> right and uh, Uh, she had interviewed with Pipe Candy as well so i just did an application as well and reached out to the hr walked in for an interview and uh, yeah i think in a couple of days later i got an offer and that's sort of how my career started uh, uh, as as an email copywriter with uh, pipe candy Correct. Right. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, yeah, so that was 2016. Uh back then they were hiring for a few roles but given my uh, experience or you could say the lack of experience and my inclinations, uh, I was given the role of an email copywriter and back then Pipe Candy was not the the data product company that we are today, right? So we were an outbound email software tool, right? So my job, my role was to essentially write emails and run campaigns for uh, SaaS companies and sort of focus more on how to improve the response rates sort of like an sdr you could say right and uh, uh, this went on for about a year and uh, sometime in the middle of 2017 mid to late 2017 uh, pipe candy changed directions right we uh, we focused uh, we moved to shaping up our data product and gradually we sunset that vertical of uh, running campaigns and ended up outsourcing that to another agency so with that shift my role also changed from being a campaign manager to a customer success manager so i wasn't i was sort of used to interacting with customers already but then uh, this would become more uh, substantial in that uh, i'd have to gain a deeper understanding of uh, the customer's business our products product roadmap and don that hat of becoming the customer's advocate internally right so it i'd have to say that looking back that was probably one of the most steepest learning curves and uh, challenging roles at uh, pipe candy and i'd have to say in my career because pipe candy is my first job <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, I would like to say a very interesting journey Sujay you had in Pipe Candy. I mean you have uh, starting from a campaign executive probably like a lead gen intern and uh, you know 
like I would say I know this because even I started at Springworks like this only I started as a lead gen intern only I was doing right. the same things that you just mentioned and then you became the CS manager program manager and now you are the chief of staff yeah. so amazing journey I would say amazing journey so uh, Sujay I wanted to ask you what strategy strategies do you use to ensure that the team is working towards the same goals. So I'll break this down into uh, two parts, right? So one is more of understanding how we bring people into the fold of understanding what these goals are that the rest of the team already knows. And the other part is how do we ensure that in practice, right? So let's say we have a person that's joining Pipe Candy and uh, new joiners obviously have to be brought into the fold of understanding what our North Star is, right? So the first 30 days is exclusively dedicated for that. We have a 90-day onboarding plan, but it doesn't have to be 90-day in all cases, right? So, wow. But in any case, the first few days are dedicated to understanding why Pipe Candy exists and why are we a part of assembly? What is the problem that we're solving? What are our products and so on, right? Just to understand why we exist, why we exist as a group with assembly and what are the problems that we're solving? And we give some time for people to come back and talk about this, right? Just feel free to go around talking to people and understanding what is it that we're doing at Pipe Candy, right? And this is necessary because like you can structure all you want and we do provide them the materials of what our products are and how has Pipe Candy developed over the years. But it's only by like moving around and gaining as much conversation as possible do they understand how these different parts of the company work together, right? And now coming into practice, so we have experimented quite a bit with OKRs, right? Because you bring up strategy, I'll have to say that. Uh, but we've also realized over time that OKRs have been sort of an overkill for us because uh, for an organization that's so fast-paced and needs to be nimble, like we have realized that over time, a process that can work for us need not be as elaborate as OKRs, right? So we have different checkpoints that sort of built into the way the organization operates. Now, what are these checkpoints? QBRs bi-weekly business reviews, monthly reviews, and even daily stand-ups, right? The QBRs, I mean, obviously it happens every quarter, wherein we do a teardown of the previous quarter, what worked, what didn't, why were we able to solve something so well, why weren't we able to solve something so well? And we carry that understanding to the strategic planning session as we plan out the next quarter. And the strategic planning for the next quarter ends up, the outcome of that particular session ends up being, uh, I mean, it, we hash out the goals for the, the different goals. We hash out the different product goals, revenue goals, and how that translates into the different departmental goals, right? But we do not put this into a tool and go through the hassle of like getting people to uh, understand the tool, onboarding them into the tool, none of it. Even today, it operates out of an Excel sheet and we found and we found that it just works for us, right? And what we outline in that strategic planning session is what we track every fortnight in the bi-weekly business reviews. So there are goals and there are ideal states for those goals as time progresses. So every fortnight, we take a look at how is it that we have performed against this ideal state and get back into those reasons of what has worked, what has not, and what needs attention, right? And this sort of, uh, and mind you, the BR meeting or the business review meeting that we do every fortnight is a three-hour meeting, right? So if we feel that we have to sort of get tactical and uh, solve an issue right there so that the, the larger picture remains uninterfered with, we do that, right? Because we have, the C, we have the CEO, we have the different departmental heads, everybody on that meeting, right? So the... The process that we follow in terms of QBRs, BRs, followed by the daily standups where we take stock of the tactical stuff just works because the end of at the end of the day, your goal is to ensure there's alignment 
and make sure that everybody's working towards the same thing, right? And we've just found that a lightweight process like this works for us. Amazing points you have shared, Sujay. Uh, the first point that you shared about, you know, uh, that you give people who join enough time to understand what pipe candy pipe candy is. I mean, that's something which is uh, amazing, I would say. And strat- strategies you mentioned were having daily stand-ups uh, and then fortnight- fortnightly meetings and then having quarterly meetings and uh, monthly reviews. So we give a lot of time to review each thing, like what is successful. So amazing, amazing points. I am sure our listeners would have a lot of takeaway from this one question only. And there's a lot to go ahead. So coming to our next question, Sujay, I would like to ask you, how do you measure success in your role as chief of staff? Uh, That's a good question. I think uh, there are a few indicators that lend themselves well to measuring how uh, we can measure success in the role of a chief of staff, right? So I think, firstly, it's being able to demonstrate that you're comfortable switching contexts, right? And this means between the different functional projects that you're handling, right? Uh, You could be in HR and marketing, and you could be handling projects at the same time between these two functions, or you could be pigeonholed into one function at any given point in time, like product, right? So being able to context switch when you're handling projects in parallel, and also being able to constantly retain that sense of where an organization needs to be 12 months from now, which is that 50,000 feet view, right? Because as chief of staff, you have that incentive of coming into the fold of certain developments well before the rest of the organization does, right? And that gives you the incentive to plan ahead. Yes. So you put that to use, right? You think ahead and you retain that sense of where the organization needs to go. But at the same time, you uh, get into the details of what is happening on the ground, which means people's processes and systems. All of these work in tandem and they may not always work the right way and and it's your job to fix it, right? So being able to comfortably tie in the strategic and the tactical and being able to come up with a solution or just facilitate the process of coming up with a solution is one, right? If you're able to demonstrate that well, you lend yourself to being a very, uh, I mean, you lend yourself to being a good uh, co-pilot for a function that you're working with, right? And that's that's a word that's being used a lot, right? To describe this role, which sort of brings me to my second point. Steering relationships is is, is really important as, as a chief of staff because uh, it, also shows how successful you are in terms of uh, being able to build influence and and get buy-in from the different functional leaders that you're going to be working with, right? Because you have a function, you have a functional owner, and they have different people that report to them. But as a COS, you're sort of seen as an outsider, right? And when you come into a certain function with the mandate of solving something, you need to steer your way into explaining why is it that you're there, right? You're not going to be there all the time, right? But you need to be a good communicator and and sort of explain why is it that you're there. These are the specific problems that you're going to solve. And these are the boundaries that you're going to be drawing for yourself, right? So with this sort of context setting, when you go into a particular function, any function that you go with, it makes it easier for you to navigate those relationships and become comfortable sort of putting your foot down and being able to propose solutions and ideas more candidly, which then the people find it easier to accept, right? So you need to warm them up. And that requires like investing time into relationship building. And when you do that, like you're successful as a, not just as a chief of staff, but also as a temp colleague of sorts, right? You're not going to be working with them all the time. And of course, there's uh, maintaining the, uh, I, I for the lack of a better word, I would say process discipline. But this does not mean, I mean, when I say process discipline, I don't mean, you know, just uh, every Every time you figure out something is broken, don't go ahead and rush and put a process around it, right? It's essentially having something that works 
and that is going to work and not break right and if it breaks being able to adapt and quickly figure out like what do you have to put in place to patch it in a, in a manner that it will sustain right so process discipline is about making things work and streamlining it and not necessarily going in and putting in place a process because you're sort of uh, used to like streamlining processes you you might not need a process all the time so being able to creatively solution and being able to creatively solution besides proposing process designs right is also indicative of how successful uh, how uh, how successful you can be as a well-rounded uh, cos great measures you have shared sujay well speaking speaking about you know uh, context uh, switching you once you are working with marketing team and the other in the next hour you are working with the operation team and uh, so and so and so on and so forth and uh, i really like the part where you mentioned if something is broken it's not necessary that uh, you know the process is broken you sometimes need to just put a patch on it so it will like start working again amazing point there yeah i mean because it's i mean it's people processes and uh, systems right all of these Correct. have to be working well and uh, if something is broken like there's there's a tendency to take a look at the process but the reason i brought up the first point as you know steering relationships is to make sure you understand the people right right sometimes Correct. the process may be broken but also sometimes a lot of the times you need to understand the people's view of the process right what what is happening and what do they think is happening right so you need to be a bit of a coach of sorts there as well so that requires understanding people as well right absolutely absolutely what challenges have you faced in this role and how have you overcome them hmm that's a good question i think uh, i'll have to sort of roll off of the steering relationships point that i mentioned uh, <laughs> in the previous to your previous question right so i think the first challenge was uh, essentially to uh, set the context for why a role like this exists right not so much within the company as it was with the team that you're working with right because they understand at at the surface level the the ceo as the chief of staff was understood as a person who is mandated by the ceo to work with you right but in my initial days as ceo as when i was working with a particular team this context was not entirely set right so the first challenge was encountering resistance right from uh, from the team that i was working with so 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 then it is it is uh, it is down to you to articulate why your presence is required for that particular team i mean we all it took us was one sit down to sort of have a conversation clear out the context for why a cos is deployed in that particular function and bring everybody up to speed in terms of understanding the necessity of that particular role right but we couldn't we didn't do that earlier or rather we didn't do that when it was needed when it, when i was moving into the team right so i think the first challenge was the resistance that i encountered in working with uh, me because i mean it's partly on me as well because uh, you need to be very careful as a cos when you're working with teams because you might have ideas right but it's not necessary that you're the one that has to step in and execute it right so you need to be comfortable bring or rather it's an art of sorts right i can't say i'm i entirely know it you need to be comfortable getting people to buy in your opinion of sorts right so uh, this warming up and context setting was was not done earlier so i had to overcome the resistance of the team sort of not uh, understanding what my purpose was and we we were able to like resolve that and all it took was one sit down we just wished we'd done that earlier but then it was smooth sailing from there on right um the other uh, challenge was the 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 i think the oft quoted uh, challenges in terms of dealing with loneliness right so 
the initial days can be really hard because you realize that everybody is a team except you <laughs> right so and we're not a supremely large company to have a founders office that actually needs like five six people right so it's, it's just me and uh, but then i mean for me at least that was a passing phase because uh, i spent a lot of time with the team that i work with i had the chance to work with the sales team as well so uh, when i was working with the sales team i switched my timings i started working from evening to night right so that way i got to spend more time with them and also apart from the time that you spend with the team there are uh, there's there, there are so many great coses out there right and there are different communities so um i i've joined a couple of community cos communities and i get to interact with people so that way like you just know that everybody is out there and and there are it's not just you basically you're not alone <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone yeah <laughs> yeah there are other people like you yeah in the same uh, you know role and the same uh, situations out there yeah so so jay i would like to ask you uh, what have been your biggest accomplishments in this role i think uh, as i i frequently think about this right because uh, the the success and accomplishments of a cos can be hard to quantify sometimes right so i think uh, it's fair to say at least uh, it sounds fair to me to say that uh, the success or the accomplishment of a chief of staff mainly is tied to the accomplishment of the team or organization that you're helping right uh, i think i'd have to say my teams realizing why my presence was valuable or rather like my effort along with their effort the collective effort mattered but also them calling out my effort as being necessary to uh, execute certain projects i think that was one of the biggest uh, uh, what do you say accomplishment points for me because uh, i've worked with hr sales and marketing and at the end of my tenure of sorts in these three functions i've had the leads tell me right saying that these brainstorming sessions and these prolonged two hour tear down sessions or these quick hallway conversations were extremely necessary and made a difference to the way we approached in terms of executing or thinking through uh, projects that they were solving right so these uh, opinions are sort of testaments to your effectiveness as a chief of staff and i think uh, having gotten that testimony from the people that i worked with i i see that as as a as quite an accomplishment and uh, secondly being able to coach and mentor different people this is not specific to the teams that i work with but just across the organization right because i i sort of ha- had my hands in hr as well so uh, at different points i was interacting with different people for various reasons right it could be uh, to sort of uh, clarify certain uh, uh, certain concerns that people had that they couldn't bring up in a public forum right or uh, hiring people letting go of people so all of these are important conversations right and the fact that i was able to do more of this uh, Uh, sort of uh, uh, gave me the confidence that yeah okay sure outside of functional projects there are other uh, avenues that are specific to people handling people and making sure that they are comfortable within the organization and uh, that's 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 another uh, that's another area that i see as uh, an accomplishment great points there sanjay so next question i would like to ask you is what advice would you give to someone considering a career as a chief of staff or probably someone who is working in the company and uh, is promoted to a chief of staff so what uh, advice would you like to give them right so first off i mean like unless you're somebody like me you need to uh, become comfortable handling uh, and getting used to a lot of ambiguity because uh, you're not always going to know your responsibilities that is if you're a person who likes a lot of structure and predictability you're not going to know your responsibilities say two quarters in advance right a lot of what the cos does is 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 uh, 
dependent on what is priority for the organization and if you work a, if you work a lot more closely with the ceo then of course what the priorities of the ceo are right so get used to ambiguity and uncertainty and uh, be comfortable delegating right so i brought this point up earlier wherein uh, uh, i made the mistake of uh, sort of going uh, all all guns blazing on like you know let's let's do this 1 2 3 4 yara 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 and uh, so some of those approaches were right right but but the, it's it's for a reason that there are subject matter experts that know how to execute any given project and sometimes your role ends up being a facilitator to uh, ensure that the execution happens you don't you aren't necessarily required to see the project end to end all the way through to fruition sometimes Correct. just just be comfortable that your you your role is a facilitator with respect to some projects and just be comfortable delegating right and uh, thirdly uh, probably the most important one is uh, to invest a good amount of time especially if you are in the beginning stages of this role not necessarily even as time goes by uh, priorities of an organization change so uh, invest a lot of time into conversations and relationship building because uh, you're not just you're not just uh, you're not just in a in a particular function to co-pilot and execute projects and improve the efficiency of the function but you're a sounding board for the entire organization practically right so uh, it's paramount in the beginning stages of the role especially wherein uh, you'll have to set up shop with each department if that's possible that's something i did so i'm so i mean it's because something that i did i'm talking about it i set up shop with pretty much every department and ended up uh, spending a few days getting to know what is it that they do what their priorities are what are the different roles within the organization and what are what is their stack what are their processes what are they trying to accomplish just walk away from that particular uh, few days with that particular team understanding what is it that they do and what are the different moving parts and systems in within their particular organization right so yeah i mean it's 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 a it's a lot of time and it doesn't get said enough that was a wonderful point sujay i think a lot of people should consider this and a lot of people would agree also that actually uh, talking to people and understanding what exactly their day probably look like looks like and uh, what exactly are their uh, roles and responsibility and uh, i think that's that's wonderful i think there are, uh, there are other people also that should definitely start doing this so uh, so there i would like to ask you what do you think are the most important skills for a successful chief of staff so it's a very person or driven role uh, you don't necessarily have to be an expert in say uh, marketing or sales or product to grow into a chief of staff right uh, but that said there are some essential skills right firstly uh, an insane sense of prioritization knowing what to prioritize and when with a clear sense of articulation to yourself as to why you're doing that reprioritization right because ask any cos and they'll say like sometimes no two days are typical right so there's a lot of reprioritization that needs to be done and sometimes on an everyday basis and you need to get used to doing that and secondly the ability to context uh, switch contexts and handle multiple projects one day you're rolling out the stack for hr and next day you're working with the uh, marketing team to uh, you know analyze the performance of website pages and blogs and you're also talking to your sales and sdr teams about the priorities of activities that you need to undertake to revamp the crm right so that can be that can be at any given point there can be so much happening you just need to be comfortable switching context between different problems and handling multiple projects that can be very different in nature a spot on understanding of the processes systems and people in different functions and across the organization across the board 
and how they work together is necessary it just makes your 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 job of ensuring alignment outcomes and efficiency which are your priorities much more easier right so i mean the, the for the lack of a better word in a nutshell we can say systems thinking right and um, as a chief of staff uh, with a sound understanding of where your company is headed you will quite often be uh, you'll quite often find yourself in a position to translate and evangelize that vision to the rest of the organization because they are mostly in the day to day right so there can be a lot of wise in their mind right and you're that reminder of you'll have to be that medium of uh, why we exist and why we take certain calls and translate that in a language to the rest of the organization and ensure that they are reassured right and lastly i think most importantly i've i've uh, this has come up in a lot of conversations with other chiefs of staff as well being a thought partner and sounding board to the entire organization right someone people can approach and confide in not just with respect to work i mean mostly it's it's about uh, work related projects and so on but that said there could be some people specific or like org specific issues that you might need to sort of uh, address as well right so so think of it as uh, think of it as part mentor part coach and, and part therapist great great points there uh, sujay so this brings us to the end of our conversation great chatting with you sujay so before we uh, log off can you tell our listeners where they can reach out to you sure you can find me on uh, linkedin in the name of sujay sitaram So it was lovely hosting you today Sujay thank you so much for sharing your insights with our listeners have a great day ahead you too thank you Hashmita